Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hayda. Thank you for joining me today. This is episode number 121. I'm still reeling from the attack on our capital on January the 6th. And though that was a horrendous event, in some ways it was uh, simply a symptom of a deeper uh, smoldering anger and sense of betrayal that has been going on in our country for many years and continues to go on despite that. Uh, often fueled and, and kept alive, fanned by people of faith, people who say they have faith. And so today I am very frustrated by that and I'm reading some new poems that I've written recently um, with a, the sense of betrayal that seems to underline most of these poems. Um, it is Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend um, and I wish you a good weekend with positive memories about uh, Reverend King and his emphases and all those wonderful brothers and sisters who have sacrificed so much for the idea of liberty in our, in our country. But today I want to focus on what I feel is a threat and I feel it most significantly as so many of you do in family structures and in friendship. And um, so that's where I'm going today with some of these poems. Um, you will probably notice that some of these are a little bit different stylistically than what I often uh, do. Uh, but yet I feel the times are disjointed and I feel therefore the poetry, uh, the lyric is disjointed and frustrated. And so that's what I was trying to achieve with these. And then I'll end on a more positive note. Lord willing and the creek don't rise. The first one is titled When Christ Comes. And I wrote this after reading Carlos Fuentes' book, The Good Conscience, a really wonderful little novel from Mexico. I've read it several times, but I just read it not too long ago. And I think this poem, uh, though not written specifically for the current political situation, it certainly speaks to that, to people who would betray their faith and their family and their fellow neighbors for some weird vision of some weird Christ who has nothing to do with the Sermon on the Mount. This one's titled, When Christ Comes. He arrives when I least expect him, a vision of childhood memory, pure, before these days of compromise, when money and appearance rule even private meditation. Does the Christ of my childhood expect my conflicted obedience even now? How can I give away what I have tried so hard to gain? How can I lose what I save? If God is love, is love God? I once cleverly chimed. But now this axiom seems self-serving, as if I love, as if God doesn't see through me to my hidden closet filled with hurtful fretting, a front fleeing anything resembling a cross. Shadows. 
Shadows say more to me than perhaps they should. But then again, a cup of coffee has long been my best friend. And morning cries the tears of the ambushed. Congressmen hawking trinkets at the subway. So I listen. Try to hear what shadows have to say, especially when the coffee grinds to a close. Empty as the sole of a boot scattered in the alley behind Union Station or windowless brick building left for dead on a ruptured street in small-town Oklahoma. A once-upon-a-time tale, greedy as neon, or the capital where betrayal and heroism foil shadows of destiny. Another dream. Road work in Oklahoma City, high wind warnings everywhere. An island off an island in the South Pacific seems as barren now as it did when I saw those black and purple knobs of volcano residue poking up through stray grass while I rode a lonesome bus overcrowded with human comedy, silent like paintings hung on a gallery wall. Stories all the same in their differing hues. Food trucks in Texas, a man blowing a horn on the corner of State Street in Chicago's frozen loop. Another rolls a sidewalk cigar in New Orleans. I stop to watch him work. I pay him my money and walk through the quarter smoking the newness remembering how I got stuck in traffic on Bourbon Street. Consider how I hate just about all road work anywhere. But that was yesterday. Yesterdays are nothing. Tomorrow is a vain dream. Today, today, today creeps, creeps, creeps. This is the thing in Washington, D.C., in Moscow, even at the mouth of a cave in the Washita forest, a few place a place few people would confuse with the pursuit of happiness or a pledge of allegiance. This is another dream, a dream we dare not dream. What we forget. Men are turbid roses drowning in bunches of idiocy. Their women fill their lungs with petulance, then stumble in drunken blindness, but call it courage, slurring words, sounding like a rabbit in the jaws of a coyote. The shrill death note pierces everything sacred. It lasts only a minute, but it lasts far too long. Flowers are for funerals, and only ghouls like death especially when trying to replace one vain cause with another. Masculinity flowers in a hot house, petals droop at random, nothing but thorns outlive withered betrayal, and too many too soon forget too much. The Red Mud of Home the red mud of home is losing its claim. 
though I can never outlive its stain on me. When you benefit from a lie, it is always easy to believe other lies until you are stuck in the muck you call truth, mistaking nostalgia, misusing terms like heritage, family, faith, freedom, making yourself into a victim with nothing better to do than blame abstractions, churning out nonsense like grandma's butter. Betrayal is the prime act of the deluded, and the delusion is the cost of dishonest indulgence. No God can turn willful stupidity into virtue. Call it what you will. I will end with a positive note. It is our hope, it is our, it is our prayer that the democracy holds. The title of this poem is It Will Hold. Inside the Statue of Liberty, photos and quotes document the process of making, delivering, and erecting this grandest of symbols. One quote has stayed with me, It Will Hold, written in response to those who worry the statue as designed might not withstand weather were it to be erected in the harbor unprotected. Time has proven the strength, the durability of the design. Standing in that hollowed space, I marveled at the engineering, but I immediately also sensed an intrinsic symbolism. Will democracy hold? I have often contemplated that symbolic phrase, reviewing our fragile history, as well as our current political, social challenges. Will democracy hold? I confess at times I worry, but when I look more closely, I am heartened. When I see the continued grace and courage of our black brothers and sisters, when I hear the continuous chorus of so many of every ethnicity, of every denomination, and especially the growth of our youth, hope returns. It will hold. It will hold despite the terror of white racists. It will hold despite the slimy traitorship of right-wing politicians, the malicious, opportunistic contortions by public servants, by evangelicals wielding self-righteous slogans marked by selective listening, masked in faithless fear, contributing to a swollen river of hate, foolish cravings for a theocracy. But it will hold. It will hold as long as you and I want it to hold. Every word that counters a lie, every act that clarifies misconception, that confers liberty and human dignity for all keeps the dream upright. We hold these truths to be self-evident and that what we hold holds democracy, makes everything possible for us all. It will hold. Thank you for joining me today. As President Biden says, 
keep the faith and spread the faith as Martin Luther King and the Civil Rights Movement kept emphasizing keep hope alive. Until next week, I'm Ken Hayda with the Sunday Poems.